Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. Um, I'm just going to read some verses in Ephesians by way of a prayer for us. So if you would just pray with me now. Lord, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in our knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of our hearts may be enlightened so that we may know what is the hope of your calling. What are the glorious riches of your inheritance amongst the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of your power to us who believe according to the working of your vast strength. Lord, would our eyes be opened this morning, I pray. Would our hearts be stretched towards you today, Lord? Would you, I pray, minister by your spirit into all of our lives? May we see new things. May we see further today. May we be so stirred with how you see us, your inheritance here, this this body that you've created to dwell in by your spirit. We say thank you, Lord, for all the riches of, of your purposes for us in the word this morning. Amen. Amen. It's really good to be together. Really blessed this morning. It's great to see Josh and Beth. I mean, I'm just always blessed to see them. And really good to have Andrew uh, and Joy with us as well this morning. Andrew, of us just to be here in his prophetic gift and ministry to the body. Um, these last two or three weeks, I've really wanted to share my heart with you and to, um, to strengthen and, and lay foundations. Um, because I, I'm really concerned <laughs> that none of us think too small and that we don't get stuck in any ruts and we don't miss this great opportunity, this day of destiny for all of us. So with that in mind, um, what I've wanted to do is, is to try and say some things and, and hopefully we've seen some things as well, what I called at the beginning the church we see, just to say some things about the church I think we all see and to and to show us some things about the church we see. So I just, this is always a bit dangerous, but I just wonder if I could start with saying, what have you heard and what have you seen this month that's been a blessing to you? So anybody can, what have you heard and what have you seen? I'm, I'm very secure. <laughs> well, I will be for the next five seconds. You've seen a lot of love. Amen. Malcolm. You've found security, seen a lot of love. Anything else? What have you, what have you been hearing is these last few Sundays? Becky. We all have a part to play. Absolutely. There's no, there's no more, important, more or less important people. Everybody has a part to play. Yes. We are. We're, we're an expression of the church. Yeah. Yes. Okay, now we're rolling. 
we're on a mission. Loving the dress code this morning, by the way, girls. <laughs> Anything else? So you've heard hope, seen vision, yeah. Anything else? I'm not, just want to get us thinking and talking, so anything else? Maria, anything you've seen, heard? Um, we're, we're family. Good. Okay, two more, two more things. Sharon. God has real clear intention pattern for us. Um, if you could just put the next... Oh, there's a little picture of Market Harbour there. There we go. Lovely place. Mark, can you all see that? Okay, let's move that down. And then um, the next one. Um, that was, that was, um, was where I started, and Jenny did a much better job of making these look pretty. But you, you were, we looked at the five circles, and, 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 and concerning those five M words, I just thought, could I... Um, could I, could I have a sentence for each that would just capture something? So, so the first sentence for me about membership is this. If you could put the next one up, Tom. Um, there we go. That we're born again. We're baptized. We're um, spirit-filled. We are what the Bible calls new creations. And we've been called out of the world to be something awesome in this place. That excites me. Wow, that we're born again, baptized, spirit-filled, and called out of the world to be something awesome. And I, I've used that word deliberately about us, and I'll explain why in a moment. The second thing concerning um, our message, that Jesus is alive and Lord over all, and therefore nothing is impossible. Amen? And then thirdly, concerning our gatherings, they are powerful and pregnant and secure and surprising, and everyone's essential. Amen. Next one, concerning the ministry. Jesus has given gifts to build and equip us, and elders to direct and care for us, and he's made all of us to be priests, a priesthood of all believers. And lastly, concerning our mission, our task is urgent and simple, and involves us all, let's give what we've got. And that all these things are true, um, uh, whether we're gathered in, our, in our, this kind of setting, or in a smaller expression, or in a bigger expression, and indeed are to be true of the whole church, the universal church. And what I wanted to do this week was to try and somehow consolidate some of these things by looking at three, um, three big pictures of the church. And um, I just also want to, before we look at those, take your mind back to how we finished last Sunday and some of the prophetic word and contribution that came. In particular, God said, I'm going to move out from you in waves of love. And then those waves are going to come back in on you in, in harvest. Do you remember that word? Jenny brought that word? Jenny brought that word. Wasn't that fantastic? Jenny moved in confidence and brought us a word. Waves of love out, waves of harvest 
back in. The Lord said he was with us all at 12 o'clock on Monday morning. He was going to be with us wherever we were the next day because that's, that's how he is with us. We're church all the time. So we're going to look at three big pictures of the church. I've literally got some pictures to show you. So here's the first one. And the first picture of the church is in Genesis 28. So let's turn there. And this is the, this is the first time anywhere in the Bible that anything is called the house of God. It's, 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 it's a first mention, a first reference to, God, um, to God's house, which is obviously is a, is a way we describe the church. So here's the first time the word is used. And, and, and therefore, it's a, it's a very, very significant um, description of some of the essential ingredients, components, features, characteristics of the house of God, of the church. So Genesis 28, and I'll read from verse 10. Jacob left Beersheba, and he went towards Haran. And he reached a certain place, and he spent the night there because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones from the place, and he put it there at his head, and he lay down in that place. And he dreamed. A stairway was set on the ground with its top reaching heaven, and God's angels were going up and down on it. And the Lord was standing there beside him, saying, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, and the God of Isaac. And I will give you and your offspring the land that you're now sleeping on. Your offspring will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out towards the west and the east, the north and the south. All the peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. Look, I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I've done what I've promised you. And when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid. And he said, what an awesome place this is. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. And early in the morning, Jacob took the stone that was near his head and he set it up as a marker. And he poured oil on it, on top of it. And he named the place Bethel, which means house of God. Though previously the city was named Luz. And then Jacob made a vow. If God will be with me and watch over me on this journey, if he provides me with food to eat and clothing to wear, and if I return safely to my father's house, then the Lord will be my God. And this stone that I've set up as a marker will be God's house. And I will give you a tenth, a tithe of all that you give me. I love this picture. I love looking at the characteristics that are in there, the, the features, the, the, the essential component parts of the church. And I love the fact it starts with a dream. 
And I just want to encourage you to um, make sure you dream about the church. It's a really healthy thing to do. To ask the Lord to fill our minds, our imaginations, our spirits with his thoughts about what he wants to do amongst us. He had a dream, and in the dream, heaven and earth are connected. And, and um, I really believe heaven is much closer than we realize. And it's not necessarily a concept of heaven up there and earth down here, but more there are heavenly realms here. And in the dream, angels are ascending and descending, going, going back up the ladder, having finished some tasks on earth, coming down the ladder, because angelic activity is, a, is, a, um, is an integral aspect, an integral feature of the church. As an aside, that is why Paul gives a teaching on head coverings and uncoverings. He says, this is the reason. It's because of the angels. Later, later this year, we've got a date where we're going to explain more about that. Just, um, just to teach a bit more on that. But, but I think this, this immediately means there's something going on here which is beyond this realm. And, and we miss that at, at great cost. There's an activity going on there. there, there there's a presence of, of God with us. Um, or there's a, rather, there's a presence of us with God, perhaps, is a better way of putting it. And, um, and, 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 and the Lord says, I'm the God of your, your father, uh, your father's Abraham and Isaac, your father Isaac, your grandfather Abraham. There's something in, in this, this awesome gateway to heaven, this house of God in which our history and our heritage really matters. We have fathers and grandfathers in faith. There are generations that have gone before us. We're in, we're in a line of faith. And that really matters. And then um, there's a promise of God that, this, this, that, that uh, Jacob and, and, his, and his offspring are going to be like the dust. They're going to expand to the west and the, the east and the north and the south. There's this, there's this promise that there'll be an expansion in every direction. And every nation will be blessed through him, through them. I take that as a promise for our church. I take that as a promise for Market Harbor here. That we will expand north, south, east and west. And many, many nations will be blessed through us. And then there's this promise that God's going to be with Jacob wherever he goes. So that when Jacob says at the end, if God will be with me, it's not a, it's not a conditional thing. It's, it's, it's because you'll be with me, Lord. Since you're going to be with me, Lord, this is my response to you. So God says, I'm going to be with you. I'm not going to leave you until I've done everything I've promised. That's something for maybe to take hold of this morning. God says, I'm not going to leave you, Living Rock Church, in Market Harbor, until I've done everything I've promised. We sang earlier, your promises are certain. His promises are certain for us. We'll maybe talk a little bit later about some of the things he's promised. And, and those things, I take them as certainties. And then Abra, uh, Jacob makes this statement, doesn't he? Verse 16, he awakes from his sleep. Surely the Lord is in this place. And I didn't know it. And he was afraid. There was a, there was a fear of God because, because God is awesome. Holy, 
He's not our buddy. He's a friend with a capital F. And we love him and we honor him. He's awesome. And then he says, what an awesome place this is. So when I said God has called us out to be, to be something awesome in this place, he is awesome, but, but so is his church. So is his house. What an awesome place this is. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gateway to heaven. This is how I picture things. I'm giving you loads. I'm, I'm trying to be really vulnerable with you. I imagine that people can come amongst us and it's like a doorway to heaven for them. It should be that way. It should be that way that when people are amongst us in our smaller settings or in this kind of setting and our larger setting or simply with somebody one-on-one having a coffee in the week, it's a gateway to heaven. Don't think any smaller than that. We are a gateway to heaven. People can come to the Lord through us. We'll see more of that in the, in the, in the third picture we're going to look at this morning. A gateway to heaven. And then in response to all this, what does Jacob do? He says, I'm going to tithe. If, if you ever thought it was a, 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 a part of, just part of the, the law that Moses gave, it goes hundreds of years before that. And it's a response to his revelation. He makes an internal decision, a choice. And I believe when we've seen the church like this, we have to make a choice about, about getting stuck into it and embracing all that God's got for us. Amen. Let's move on to the second picture. This is in Luke 5. I always love this description. So those of you that are now thinking about leading life groups... This is, um, this is um, what happens when Jesus is in your house with you. <laughs> when Jesus is in the house, this is, this is what happens. Luke 5, verse 17. Everybody okay? On one of those days while he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who'd come from every village of Galilee and Judea. And also from Jerusalem. And the Lord's power to heal was in him. I think other versions say, the power of the Lord was present to heal. Okay? And just then some men came carrying on a stretcher a man who was paralyzed. And they tried to bring him in and set him down before him. And since they could not find a way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof And they lowered him on the stretcher through the roof tiles into the middle of the crowd uh, before Jesus. And seeing their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven you. And then the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, who is this man who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But perceiving their thoughts, Jesus replied to them, Why are you reasoning this in your hearts? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven you or to say, get up and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he told the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, pick up your stretcher and go home. And immediately... 
He got up before them and he picked up what he'd been lying on and he went home glorifying God. And then everyone was astounded and they were giving glory to God and they were filled with awe and said, we have seen incredible things today. I don't know if you can see the picture, but what a great illustration of that. Crowds of people looking through the windows and a bit of blue daylight up above where they've broken through the roof. And they lowered this man down. And people are there from every town and village. This is the church gathered from every town and village. And the power to heal is present. The house is bursting with people. So they find some creative ways to meet with Jesus. That's a nice characteristic of the church, isn't it? We find creative ways that people can meet with Jesus. That's what these men at the top did. I could just, can you just imagine their faces when you look up to the ceiling, the look on their faces, they've got their mate down and there he is right in front of Jesus. They found creative ways to meet Jesus and um, it says he saw their faith as faith is present and then sins are forgiven. This is a gateway to heaven and then Jesus demonstrates that he does have authority to forgive sins because, well, it's not the more difficult thing, but it might seem that way to us because he can also say, get up and walk, and the man gets up and walks. Authority is present, which is always uh, essential when the church is gathered. Authority is present. There's healing. There are gifts of the Spirit in operation. Glory is given to God, and they're filled with awe, and they say, we've seen remarkable things today. I want people to leave our gatherings. I want, to, I, want, I want to leave our gatherings and say, wow, that was fantastic. That was remarkable. That was incredible. Yeah. Seen some incredible things today. I'm secure, but I want to be surprised. Yeah. I, want things, I want things to come forth in our gatherings. We, there's power and there's a pregnancy. Anything can happen in our gatherings. We must not be in a rut. And um, if you're thinking of leading a life group, oh, well, first of all, just check your, check, check your roof insurance <laughs> and um, expect a crowd and, and let things burst forth. And honestly, honestly, just believe we're meeting in our home. Jesus is with us. Anything can happen. And go for it. Anybody, anybody can lead a group as long as you invite Jesus to be with you. All right, everybody feel, starting to feel a little bit envisioned? Yeah, you're a bit quiet this morning, and um, I never like that. It makes me feel nervous. So we're going to go thirdly to the, our third picture, which is in Acts chapter 2. Well, it starts in Acts 2, and, and it's very important we read Acts 2 and Acts 3 together. It really is. Because we start with the church gathered, and then we move into the church scattered. And uh, I, I see these as, as being in, integrally linked, which I'll try and explain in a moment. So Acts 2, verse 41. So we're picking up where, we, where we've been in other weeks together. Peter said in response to their, their pierced hearts, what must we do? He says, repent, be baptized, you'll receive the gift of the Spirit. And with many other words, he, he, he urges them to, to be saved from this corrupt generation. So verse 41 says, those 
who accepted his message were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 people were added to them. So that's a massive multiplication from 120 to 3,000. I don't know what the percentage increase that is, but it's, it's 30-something-ish percent, isn't it? 300 percent. No, 3,000? Big. It's really big. It's a really big increase. Times 30 or something like that. Well, let's just put it this way. They went from about 100 to over 3,000. And at the end of the passage, we'll find they still continue to grow every day. And I just say that because sometimes we think we've got to be so sorted, so mature, so ready, so established before great growth happens. We haven't. And in fact, there should be a flexibility amongst us that we could, be, we could have God add to us every day, which would mean every two weeks, another 14 people, which would have a massive implication for the kids' ministry. Not to say the premises. So anyway, here we go. They, were, they, they accepted his message and were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 people were added to them. And they devoted themselves to four things. The apostles' teaching fellowship, breaking of bread, and to prayers. And then, um, and then Luke, the writer, just starts to describe what, what it was like to be amongst them. So just maybe close your eyes and listen to this. Then fear came over everyone. That's the same fear that Jacob, they're not, they're not afraid of God, but they, there's a great honor of the Lord. Fear came over everyone. And many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. And now all the believers were together and had everything in common. So they sold their possessions and property, and they distributed the proceeds to all as anyone had a need. And every day, they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple complex, and they broke bread from house to house. And they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And every day, the Lord added to them those who were being saved. So just pause at that point. This is a description of the everyday life of this church. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting. Every day they met together. Every day the Lord added to their number. So, so three times it talks about what's happening every day. This is, this is the daily. I mean, it just sounds amazing, doesn't it? This is, this is the life they were enjoying every day. Lots of signs and wonders going on. Um, sharing their possessions, eating together with glad hearts, favor with people, people being added to the church every day. This is the everyday fantastic life of the church. And then we move into chapter three. I kind of see this as, as like one example of how people were added every day. Now, Peter and John were going up together to the temple complex at the hour of prayer at three in the afternoon. And a man who was lame from his mother's womb was carried there and placed every day, every day at the temple gate called Beautiful so that he could beg from those entering the temple complex. So whilst this church is enjoying its life together every day, there's a man over there, and every day this is going on, he's over there begging to stay alive. I don't know whether you can see the writing at the bottom. There's a contrast here between the everyday life of the church and the everyday longing of this man 
outside the church. Couldn't be more of a contrast. He was placed every day at the temple gate called Beautiful. Something beautiful is about to happen. So that he could beg from those entering the temple complex. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple complex, he asked for help. And Peter, along with John, on the picture there, Peter, along with John, looked at him intently and said, look at us. I love the look on the man's face behind us. So he turned to them, expecting to get something from them. I think that's a reasonable expectation for the world to have of us. I think it's reasonable for the world to look at us and expect something. If, if we are who we say we are, if our message is what we've proclaimed it to be, then it's not unreasonable for the world to look at us and, and expect something. And that's what happens here. But Peter said, I have neither silver nor gold, but here is, this is, the, this is the key, isn't it? But what I have, I give you. So we're all equipped. We all have something to give. It's not about silver or gold. It means nothing. It's about what we have that we can give. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. So now he, he brings Jesus in. Jesus is living in him anyway. But now Jesus, there's, there's kind of four people now in this equation. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene of Nazareth, get up and walk. Now that's easy to say, isn't it? But so that he might know that, so that he might know he has authority. And taking him by the right hand, he raised him up. And at once, his feet and ankles became strong. It's all very well to say, oh, our Jesus can do everything. Um, I, I say this to you, but, but he follows up with an action now. And he lifts him up. And if I'm reading it correctly, it's not in his words, it's in his action now that the man's feet and ankles become strong. Imagine if he just said the words and left it there, but he doesn't. He reaches out to him. He lifts him up. And in the lifting up, it's a little bit like the feeding of the 5,000. As they keep going, there continues to be a multiplication. As he lifts him up, the man's feet and ankles become strong. And then he goes with them, leaping, and pray, goes with them through the beautiful gate into the temple. This is the church, is the gateway to heaven. We can reach out to people. We can lift people up. We can put our words into action, believing Jesus is with us. Lift, reach out to people and lift them up and touch them. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they recognized that he was the one who used to sit. I love the immediate transformation. He used to sit and beg at the beautiful gate of the temple complex. So they were, guess what? Filled with awe and astonishment at what had happened to him. This is incredible. This is awesome. Of course it is. The church is an awesome place. 
and it's to be the gateway to heaven. Wow. Everyday edition. One man's, condi- one man's everyday condition contrasting their everyday life. But this is a church that not only gathers and enjoys that, but goes out and takes it with them. This is overflow. This is bursting our banks. There was a word came last week, if I'm recalling, unless it's, unless it's some of my dream during the week. That, no, it was a dream during the week, that's right. That, that we would were, we were burst our banks. It says in Joshua, at the time of harvest, the River Jordan is bursting its banks. If this is harvest time, this town should ex- could expect that we will be bursting our banks. Waves of love going out. So waves of harvest can come back in. Sharing beyond ourselves. People are full and bursting. Actually, that's what Deborah said to me after the meeting last week. I said, what did you think? She said, people are full and bursting. Unless she said it in the meeting. I don't remember. It all merges into one. Maybe I dreamt it. So in those three pictures, I, I, I... Honestly, 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 this is how I see us. I see us as people of his presence, enjoying his blessing, people of compassion, people expanding in every direction, a church that's bursting and giving and overflowing as an awesome place and as a gateway to heaven. This is what I see in Market Harbour. Hallelujah. I'd like us to stand together. Amen. Lord, I'm praying that this morning you will um, imprint a vision in our hearts, Lord, that we will never forget who we are. I pray, Lord, that every one of us in this church, Lord, will stay fresh, resist ruts, stay flexible, be vocal. Come ready and stirred every time we gather. That our dream will be too big for us, but never too big for you. I pray that we will never limit what you want to do amongst us. We will never talk down your intentions for us. You are intentional. You are deliberate. You do have a plan, Lord. You do involve all of us. Lord, there is freshness there is confidence i pray we will never diminish what you want to do in us and through us in market harbor and in the surrounding villages i pray people will come from every town and village and find heaven amongst us find forgiveness for sins find healing of body healing of mind healing of marriage healing of life i pray we will be those who burst our banks for whom what we enjoy together always, is always taken beyond us, out of our community and into the wider world, Lord. 
I pray, Lord, that there'll be a tremendous stepping up of all of us in this church, Lord, stepping up into what you've got and, and, and giving it all away, Lord. I want to thank you for what you're doing here, Lord. I pray that this church will be founded on the strongest of foundations so that you can build what you want here, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.